I'm Adult. And I'm Young. And you're listening to Young Adult. Where we read Mistborn. The Final Empire, Chapter... Uh, three. Three. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chapter Three. <laughs> yeah. Might have to fix that in post. I stride in the room all young and hip. Okay, so like every chapter so far, this chapter opens with a little snippet from some unknown individual who yeah, we suspect is the Lord Ruler. Probably the Lord Ruler. Um, yeah. Well, this one is a little more cryptic than the previous ones. It's just like, it's almost like a diary entry about some place called Terrace. I was thinking that like, so far, and I'd imagine this will continue throughout, but like, I feel like it's almost like a chapter, but it's just broken up and a different paragraph is thrown at the beginning of each that's possible chapter that's what it seems because this follows on very naturally from the last true because they were talking about the, the the terrorist prophecies weren't they like the last one was him saying you know oh this is what the terrorist prophecy is and now it's him I say him could be her could be anything we don't know but it's we, it's literally we arrived in terrorist earlier this week and I have to say, I find the countryside beautiful. I'll put that down as a prediction. That's a good yeah, theory. Because I know that, you know, well, I like to write myself. And when I was writing bad guy chapters, one suggestion was to do something like that. Was to break up the chapter and put it at the beginning. Like hmm. a little piece. I don't think I've ever really encountered that. I mean, I've, I've certainly encountered bits at the beginning of chapters like that, but I've never encountered one that was a unified narrative. Yeah, no, I've I've heard of that. I'm not sure if we've ever read that, but uh, it's probably more common than older fiction. It's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so, moving yeah, on. Yeah, well, I, I am a little curious. Uh, well, I suppose this, there, there are actually two other points that I'm, now that I'm looking at it. Uh, first is, my own lands to the south are mostly flat. I think that they might look less dreary if there were a few mountains to vary the terrain. So, A, this is a person who has their own lands, which would fit with them being the Lord Ruler. And B, he's interested in creating mountains. Oh, no. That's... I'm literally thinking... into your theory about the, the volcanoes being... I'm literally thinking of this as I as I read this. Like, right here on Live on Air, you're hearing me think of this, but... Dude, did he create the volcanoes to make the terrain more interesting? But Well, if he did, he screwed up because they're volcanoes. Well, they're ash mounts. Still, though. <laughs> I... You know, I didn't think of that, but yeah, I, I Def, definitely putting that down as a prediction. I am also a little curious. It, it's possible we'll see Terrace at some point in the future, so this might become more relevant. Yeah, you know, we'll see how it's changed potentially out of a th- after a thousand years, something like that. Assuming, assuming it's there. Assuming it's still there. Assuming that this is taking place a thousand years ago from the perspective of the Lord Ruler. Yeah, many assumptions. <laughs> Uh, what, what was the other point? That was that. Those were the two points. So, that was that was kind of one point though. No, that was two points. Mm. If anything, that was three points. I mean, that was three things you said. Lands to the south. One thing. Wants to create mountains, and we might go back there again and see if it's changed. Mm. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so as with all the other chapters, there's a room. The beginning. Yes. Which I gotta check real quick to see. 
So, uh, the rune is the one pointing north on the map, hmm. which is exactly the way we thought it's going clockwise. Uh, we did. I, I hadn't made that connection. Oh, didn't I feel like I thought we talked about that in the last episode. Didn't well, we've we only like, we only had two two data points so far. Yeah, we were like the first one was the one pointing east, and then it was northeast or west. Yeah, I'm good at directions. Yeah, so we, wait, we it was that. it was sorry, it was north, it was east, and then it was northwest. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm not very good at. So it, it is, so it isn't going clockwise at all. Is no, it is. Sorry, it's it was the first one was west, then it was northwest, and now it's north. Okay, that is interesting. Yeah, you can just cut my terribleness. Yes, I'll definitely do that. No, <laughs> I might. I might. We'll see. Uh, so we open with Kamen counting his coins, his b golden boxings, which is a, I still find a rather silly name. I I think it's fine. I really don't mind it. It's a typical kind of fantasy. Is it the what is what is it what does it mean? I mean, okay, in real it's life, a gold coin. Most people don't know what, like, where the names of coins come from, like dollar or whatever. So maybe it's realistic that yeah. boxing has no obvious connection to a gold coin, but it's still strange. I mean, different currencies around the world, like rupees, different things like that, like the euro to the dollar. Well, I mean, the euro was named after Europe. Well, yeah, but where does uh, dollar come from? Well, dollar actually comes from a specific uh, valley or, or dale, but that's that that's more of a historical uh, bit of weirdness. I tried I, to make the point you just crushed it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, obviously pound comes from a pound of silver. Um, okay, well it's it's a typical fantasy thing in the fact that it doesn't make any sense just like most fantasy names for stuff. I feel like I already brought this up with Galleon. Well Canut. Well, those are named Sickle. both because it's a kid's book and they want them to be like Golden Galleon, it's, it's the, the alliteration. Silver Sickle. Yeah. But Bronze cannot. I don't know why that one it, it doesn't match. For some reason it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we, we might do a bonus episode on Harry Potter at some point. Okay, so Kamen is counting his golden boxings. Uh, and they're all like laughing because it's 3,000 boxings. And here's what he notes that I find really interesting. 3,000 boxings is more than Kamen would usually make in a year. Yeah, I am really tempted to go through even the small number of mentions of boxing numbers we've had so far and figure out if this makes any sense. I mean, 3,000 th gold coins is actually quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much Kamen is making, but, I mean, gold is valuable. Very valuable. It's literally gold. <laughs> um, so then we go to Vin, who's sitting there, thinking about stuff <laughs> reminiscing on her past a little bit there again I think does she? not really she, what she's thinking about is what we were saying in the previous chapter that you know they got away with it way too easy I mean they don't know for certain the way we do now that they were doomed but they just they should have known not to use her powers on a priest yeah, that was pretty dumb, considering the first thing we see Kelsier say in the last chapter is, oh wow, I'm surprised she used her powers on uh, pre-lane. So... <laughs> well, I suppose the explanation for that might be, Kamen doesn't realize she has powers. He just thinks she's lucky. 
which you think he might be smart enough to realize something going on. Has he shown any evidence of that? No, Cameron seems pretty <laughs> dumb, let's be honest. What Vin is thinking about is thinking about how underworld crews work, which is the reason why they have leaders, crew leaders, and that they don't get overthrown immediately every time 3,000 boxings show up, which is, you know, stability and stuff in the crew. Of course, he does, in fact, immediately get overthrown. Well, yeah, but not by, like, <laughs> one of his own crewmates. Well, okay, it was Kelsier's fault, though, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, Just reinforcing the whole everyone constantly backstabbing each other thing. Yeah, people suck in the final empire. I feel like that's the message. Well, these are not exactly upstanding citizens. Well, I mean, let's face it, everyone seems to suck. The upstanding citizen we met... Oh, that's was true. Lord Trusting, who was a rapist and an abuser. And it was just terrible. The worst. He's, he, was, he was honestly uh, worse uh, than Well, in fairness, I think Kelsier did say he was considered unusually bad for a noble. Yeah, but... Uh, not that Kelsier, it seems like any of the nobles Kelsier also said that much. people were better in the north, far away... Well, no, he, he justified killing him to uh, his buddy by saying... Dachshund. He, he, he just justified killing him to Dachshund by saying, you know, he was he was known as unusually bad, if I remember correctly. We might have already mentioned it. Can we mention how Dachshund is by far the most normal name? In yeah, world? Dachshund, like, that's... That, that's like a real name. I would not really be that shocked if I met someone called Dachshund. Yeah. That's, that's like a normal name. That's, I mean, it's not, like... It's, it's more of a surname. Yeah, like... The names in this are so kind of fantasy-ish and funny. It's just, like, it's almost funnier when we meet someone called, like, Dachshund. who's just, like, a normal-sounding person. Well, Dachshund doesn't sound very normal. Yeah, well, we get someone else who's got a semi-normal name in Ulef. I mean, that's... I feel like that, is, like that is a real name. Scandinavian. Yeah. Viking-y type. Now that I say it out loud, it sounds a little less real. But well, You know when you watch, like, Nordic? Like, I know. I won't say Nordic movies, but like movies set in like Nordic countries. Ulef is a very probably I feel like I've heard the name Ulef. Yeah, I think I watched a movie and there was a guy called Ulef. Like it's not a very unusual name, like you were saying. And Vin decides that there is something wrong still. Yeah, and she decides to cut and run, which is remarkably uh insightful you you are actually saying before we started recording that it might be magically insightful yes i was thinking that perhaps uh being a misting or a misborn perhaps you know helps well we know she's a misborn at this point yeah but like but it might you might the you reader know, doesn't might be like that for everyone we don't know all mistings as well could be could be that's true we don't we really don't know in this case we haven't actually met a misting i don't think We've just met Misborns. We, yeah. We, we know Kelsier and we know Vin, who are both, at least in this chapter, revealed to be definite Misborns. Yeah, well, I get the impression that Mistings are pretty much limited to their specific power. That's their, their thing, and that's all they have. Yeah. So, I'm feeling like soon we're going to be coming up on some info dumps. We kind of get some info dumps here. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes. I, I, I say that, I have a feeling. What I mean is, later in the chapter, Kelsier just info dumps all this data. Thankfully, finally. Yeah, a lot of people complain about info dumps. There's a reason they're called info dumps. There, a lot of people don't seem to like them. I don't really mind them. Yeah, as I've said, I have a high tolerance for info dumps, maybe, versus the average person. 
I feel like at least fantasy people. Like if you're into fantasy, how much are you gonna care about info dumps? Well, I mean, we 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 might get into this if we ever do some sort of pale episode. But I, I know you you did find the info dumps in that a bit overwhelming. I didn't I didn't like the way they were, um, like I just didn't like the descriptions of stuff. Yeah. Whereas I just ate that up. Love that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Heck, even Harry Potter has like some reasonable info dumps. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm. I'm the sort of person who could probably just read, like, an encyclopedia or something written in a fantasy world. I know that's not going to work for everybody. I mean, if people are big enough fans of Harry Potter, then we have, I mean, you literally have read encyclopedias set in Harry Potter world. Like, think well, about, like, sort of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah, those were quite short, but that's true. I love those books. Those books are great. It's little background information books. Yeah. I always wanted J.K. Rowling, side tangent, I always wanted J.K. Rowling to write a history of magic and Hogwarts of history. The well, books that were, you know, in-world are supposed to be really boring. It sounded so interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny, she actually did, for years, say that she was going to write, like, an encyclopedia of the Harry Potter world. Uh, I think that ended up mutating into sort of Pottermore. Yeah, I mean, it would Never be... Never really materialized. I mean, at least... Uh, Hogwarts of History is supposed to be like a thousand pages long. So. That's true. It probably wouldn't be practical to write out all so, of Hogwarts of History. Let's try to get back on track. We're talking about the wrong books. Um, well, okay, you're right. We should maybe save this for like a Harry Potter episode or something, but now you've got me thinking. I wonder if you could maybe, I don't know, get collaborators in? Like you could have a collaborator write each chapter or something like that of Hogwarts of History. Oh, right. Yeah. But like, well, like Harry Potter fans, like. Yeah, well, I mean, most of the history isn't going to be important, right? So, you could, you know, it, it's it's low stakes. Yeah, this is an insight into the average conversation in this household. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I mean, Star Wars has done it twice now, built an expanded universe from multiple writers. Yeah, let's be honest, I don't know much about Star Wars, so. No, but you know, I know there is like a lot popular of popular nonetheless. Books and stuff. Yeah, so Vin decides to up and run, and she decides to. Well, she doesn't want to be alone. Yeah, she, so she decides to take her good buddy Ulif with her, who immediately goes, "Oh my gosh, she's betraying us and running away." Or so maybe he tells Cameron, and Cameron thinks that. You get I'm not this sure. really sad scene. Well, I thought it was sad, where she goes to her box to collect her stuff, and she has an earring and some stones. And that, to me, was just particularly sad. Like... Yeah, well, yeah, she has a, a, a lucky obsidian rock and an earring that's worth... from every city she's ever been to. Yeah, uh, which is interesting, actually. How, I wonder how many cities she's been to. Well, we know she traveled around with her brother for a long time. Hmm. But, like, she describes her earring as an earring so dull and plain... You know, like no one would bother to steal it. Yes, it's it's such it's such a, a cheap earring that even among thieves, she's not worried about it being stolen. Yeah, and they've got kind of like a what like a dorm room basically for everyone in the crew. It's just like a long hallway with their sleeping bags. I wonder what it's made of. If she ate it. Would she have gained like incredible powers. Earring. Yeah, if she'd accidentally eaten her earring, like swallowed it somehow, she would have just become like a god. Like, that sounds really crew. painful. Earrings have like little spikes. Is. Maybe that's what happened to the other earring. That's how she, I don't know, did something. I feel like that's 
That's how she discovered her luck. She accidentally ate her, her second earring. Yeah, so... Then she goes back after collecting her stuff. She decides that she can't take her bedroll because that would be too obvious that she was up and running if she took her bedroll. You know what people eat? Coins. People eat gold coins to see if they tarnish. I love how you're just still thinking about that. But this is the thing, though. People eat gold coins, and then if you digest them, then they weren't really gold. Really? Yeah, that, that's a... That, I really like bite coins. That's a, yeah, but... Well, that too. That would maybe get you little bits of gold, but... Yeah, yeah. swallowing them as well is a thing. That's disgusting. I, admittedly, I don't think Vin ever... I don't want to think about that. I, I mean, I don't think if Vin ever... If you swallow ever. it and it doesn't digest... Yeah, then you can just clean it off and it's fine. Okay, so moving <laughs> on from that horrifying image... If Vin had ever gotten her hands on a gold coin... Yeah. And she's as so power, and she's so paranoid. She'd want to test it too. As I said last time, I wonder what gold does, because it was not one of the eight basics. Yeah, I, I hate to say this, but I think I heard somewhere that it does have a special power. Yes. So I'm pretty sure something really cool would have happened if it had ever eaten a gold coin. Okay, hopefully we'll get that eventually. Um, uh, random thing, Brandon Sanderson, I think, is almost finished writing. The fourth Wax and Wayne book, which is year or two of uh, Mistborn. So I'm just thinking of how long this podcast could potentially be if we read all of Mistborn. Um, anyway, so, you know, she goes back and she sees Uleth is sitting near Canon at the bar. <sighs> Everyone backstabs you in this world. Well, Again, everyone backstabs you among the thieves who are extremely backstabby. Okay, when you're in the thieve world, everyone backstabs you in the back. And then, it just, it, the entire world just seems to suck. Yeah, now in fairness, look, Kamen tries to beat her to death, which I'm not going to say is good, obviously, but this does sort of tie into what I was saying last episode. In this world, if someone betrays you to the cops, you are all dead. Yeah. It's not the most unreasonable thing for a crook to do, or, you know, to go to do. She actually expends all of her very little luck on him, and it just kind of stuns him for, like, a second. But then he goes back to attempting to beat her to death. Which is when... Who shows up? Kelsier, who I suspect was listening with his powers. Yeah. At any rate, he has a fun, dramatic entrance where he, like mind he kind of like force uses the force to just push Cam away yeah a new power which was fun I like that that was that was cool and then Vin scrambles under a table yeah <laughs> Vin spends a lot of the rest of this chapter just sort of being. on the floor like uh no well uh. no she sits down at the bar she yeah she eventually gets back up but uh but she spends most of this chapter just being super paranoid I mean, about Kelsier. Well, that's understandable, but uh this whole confrontation with Cameron, she spends completely incapacitated, which look, if you've been beaten with a chair, I, I appreciate oh, yeah, that's going to that. Cameron throws a chair at her. Yeah, he throws a chair at her. A big guy who we know is fat and strong throws a chair at a girl we've been described as small, skinny, and 16. Yeah. That's... This world is terrible. 
I mean, he was trying to kill her. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be fun reading like really gritty books in the future. <laughs> if I think this is gritty now, wait until I get to Song of Ice and Fire or whatever. Well, I don't think we're going to be covering a Song of Ice and Fire, but I do have hopes that we might cover Worm or something like that at some point. Yeah, well, yeah I keep meaning to read that. Um, so anyway, Kelsier shows up, mind pushes uh, Kamen away, and then uses luck on everyone indicating his power to the reader and to Vin because well yes I mean it's the power that we knew uh, we knew Vin was weak because she was barely using any yeah. metal and but yeah but just like the fact that you know he's just I mean I don't know how many people there's actually meant to be in this room but it's a bar there's it's probably the entire crew that's true he basically incapacitates everyone in the room it seems like yeah so it could be like Ten people, it could be like freaking a hundred. So, although admittedly, part of that might be that they're not overly inclined to start a fight with the guy who just threw someone across the room with telekinesis. Yeah, but like we do, Vin does say how she feels when using luck, which is interesting. You know, like oh, that also goes to show that yeah, powerful luck. But what we'll, at some point we'll know what the real name for this is. I, I, it seems that I was mistaken in thinking that it was sink. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But the the blatant nature of this display, apparently, like from Vin's perspective, luck was always a subtle thing. Yeah, because she was just using a little bit of it. Yeah, and we we know that obviously the the priests are trained to know when they're being manipulated. But it seems like if you go all out, it's just so blatant that it's undeniable. Yeah, like you can feel it. You can sense it. You probably... I mean, okay, we know Vin is a misborn, but she just knows that she has luck being used in her. Not that she can do anything about it. Not not yet, anyway. I guess... Well, you say like, that. She actually does overcome luck being used on her later. To try and calm her down. Uh, and make her more pliable. We'll, we'll, we'll reach that in a minute. I think, I, think, I think that was just willpower. As I said, it's not totally clear how powerful this effect is I, just, yeah. I mean in this situation even if he hadn't used it it's not actually clear things would have unfolded that differently well yeah I suppose well yeah so while she's under the table Kelsier and Dachshund come in and Kelsier just commands everyone for one thing Kelsier is something of a celebrity which we kind of knew but you know there are multiple people in the room who recognize him as the survivor of Hatson, which I thought was interesting mm. that he's that well known, like from wherever Trusting's place was, weeks travel away, or something, days, I don't know. A long way away. Well, this is his hometown, to be fair. Yeah. We don't really know, well, I suppose we could look at the map, but I was about to say, we don't really know where Hatson is is it just the pits that's an interesting question yeah we should check I'm that gonna, out i'm gonna check the map while you keep talking for a second sure so yeah kelsier strides in and he basically just takes command of the gang on the spot he's mm -hmm. he's really throwing around his weight uh part now part of that we know is a bluff he implies that he killed the inquisitor 
and everyone's like, whoa, dude. But obviously we know he's not actually capable of casually killing an Inquisitor, so he's yeah. playing that up a little bit, but... I doubt. He's, he's so intimidating that they give him the money. <laughs> uh, which is we've just been we've just been told how big a deal this huge sum of money is and they give it to him just to appease him now part of that again may be the mental influence he's exerting but still yeah. and anyway then he throws some money at can you find the name of the, the second in command um I can't remember that guy's name yes that's Milev yes that's another kind of the dark-skinned man who is Kamen's second. That sounds like a kind of a Russian name. Yeah, Milev isn't such a crazy name. Interesting. Maybe... It's, it's interesting. I I hadn't no. I had missed this previously that he's dark-skinned, uh, which suggests that there's some degree of throwing in some diversity there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, again, raising a little bit of the question of how large this final empire is, which we still don't really know. So I'm looking at the map of the final. Although, empire. actually, having said that, we could probably figure out the scale because they did say. Think how many days away uh, yeah, Lord Tristan's we don't, was. We don't even know what Kelsier is doing on this travel. Is he walking the whole day? Is he stopping at towns? That's true. For all we know, he's just like eating a coin and then flying at hyperspeed. Yeah. Yeah. See, we don't know what's going on. So I have failed to find a place called Hatsin on the map of Final Empire. The only interesting thing I found was Isaac Stewart's signature. I'm tiny. That's not important. So yeah, the map's not that big. Even I'm a. I'm a check Luthadale now just the map of Luthdale see if Hatson is like a district or anything fair enough um yeah so have, using his new power over this gang which I mean, he, he doesn't seem like he's planning to keep it like uh he's just walked in and assumed control for this moment uh but using this power he demotes Kamen to a beggar for the rest of his life although Vin thinks that they'll probably just kill him eventually, uh, which is again really showing the power that Kelsier has here. Mm -hmm. He can just snap his fingers and they'll take their boss and make him a beggar for the rest of his life. Yep, which is Dachshund later remarks that was a bit harsh, and he and we see a little bit of Kelsier's humanity where he says he was literally gonna beat Vin to death. Yeah, I don't think. Kelsier's like, I don't think that was too harsh. This guy was a monster. Kelsier also does this great little power move where he then pays them a hundred boxings out of the money they just gave him. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Kelsier is kind of a smarmy git, really, but it's really funny, so I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, he's as I said, he's really not afraid to throw around this power he has, which, in a situation like this, it's, it's really hard to complain about. Yeah. He's, he's kind of, like, comically just powerful and cool. He is, and yet, of course, as we've been remind as we're reminded again later in this chapter, in fact, he isn't powerful enough to be a Steel Inquisitor one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, so Steel Inquisitors are scary. And we do get another thing that Kelsier says, which I thought was really interesting. He says, Steel Inquisitors are, you know, beyond, like... I don't even understand how they work. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into that stuff in a minute. Uh, we we really we really do learn a lot of background information in this chapter. Yeah. So after he kicks everyone out, uh, well, for one including, thing, including including the men spying on them through the oh, spy that was holes. So funny. He's just like, oh yeah, what I say alone. I mean, don't have these people spying on me. 
Yeah, I I can see why he uses this mix of every metal because it he really does. He, do it, he's Superman. He you know he can he can yeah. practically see through walls. He can throw people across the room. He can sense through walls. Yeah, it's, presumably. I mean, in, in, a, in a low-powered setting like this, in and he is he's a big fish in a small pond here. We know, but he he's it really makes him very powerful. I mean, we know. He's a Mistborn. So, well, yes, but it, as as we learn in a moment, a Mistborn is not as big of a deal as we had thought. It's he's not. It doesn't make him the chosen one. It just makes him yeah, unusual gives some talent. Statistics. Yes. Which I would have to find, but we'll, we'll reach that in a moment. As I said. Yeah. So we even we get so much detail in this chapter. We even find out what drinks different people prefer. Our main characters. Yes, I'm sure that will be very valuable information. I, I thought it was interesting little fun little details. Like, you know, Kelsier likes fancy wines because he's used to robbing lords, I guess. Uh, and what, Vin just goes for ale, right? She does, but uh, before she accepts the drink, we get this interesting moment. The canvas fell on her again and encouraged her to be at ease, to be trusting, to simply do as the men were suggesting. This is when they're offering her a drink, by the way. It's not it's not a big ask. But she goes, no! She stared where she was. Kelsey raised an eyebrow. Oh yeah, she totally liked Harry Potter versus <laughs> Imperius versus... Yeah, Kelsey raised an eyebrow. That's unexpected. Uh, and Dachshund, who apparently doesn't realize what's going on, goes, what is? Yeah, uh, Kelsey doesn't elaborate, but... So Kelsier is kind of just testing her. A little bit, I think. Yeah. Now we don't know if he was. Yeah, he may not have been putting his full sort of the full weight of his power on her. We don't even know. It's it's quite possible he's burned out most of the metal. He only ate with little flakes of metal, and he did that. Yeah. Back at the. Ministry. He carries around these little like uh, cocktails. Yeah. Which, it's funny. I'm surprised that that he feels that's the most efficient way to do it. It seems like metal's not that rare, right? <laughs> Especially not when you're such a big deal as Kelsier is. Yeah. I'm just imagining these people, like, in the middle of fights, running out of metal and just, I know, biting a piece out of their sword or something. <laughs> like, I don't know how... Well, this, if how maybe this if they're works. super strong, they would be able to, yeah. Yeah. Like... It is... The fact that they have to eat the metal is such a weird, weird system. It's so... I really like it. I know. I find that cool. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just saying it's weird. It, it, it really contrasts against the somewhat generic nature of the rest of the setting. Yeah... In a good way, I think, generally, but it stands out. Yeah, so we have, well, basically the rest of the chapter is Kelsier talking to Vin. Yeah, and then, Ke then Kelsier Kels sits dance. down and explains the plot to Vin. <laughs> well, no, he doesn't even explain the plot, he just explains the setting. Yeah. Talks about powers, mistings, mistborns, and it is revealed that, hang on a second, Actually, in fairness, Finn does a little bit of explaining of her own, talking um, about, uh, well, thinking about, uh, you know, oh, you might you might think that near the Lord, Lord Ruler it would be hard to be thieves, but actually power breeds corruption, and so on and so forth. Am I wrong in thinking that during this chapter, we discover that Vin knows about Mistborns and stuff? Well, she's heard legends of Mistings, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I was, I was remembering something like that. Uh, well, more than that, uh, so... I'm not sure how, how closely we should stick to going through everything in order, but yeah. 
He called you Mistings. Those are some kind of Alamancer, right? That's Vin. So, also, she Alamancer is a term used. We, <laughs> I made that up. I thought, and then I thought I was wrong when they started talking about Mistborns. But Vin has very interesting ideas about what an Alamancer is. Alamancy, the mystical power held by no, the nobility, granted to them by the Lord Ruler some thousand years before as a reward for their loyalty. Really interesting. Yeah, so this is false. I'm, I'm calling it right now. I mean, it barely even counts as a prediction. This is obviously false. There's no way in hell the Lord Ruler granted everyone his powers. Yeah. I don't buy that at all. Uh, if I turn out to be wrong about this, it'll be hilarious, but... I'm very confident I did that. Actually, about Harry will certainly be embarrassing for you, though. Um. One other interesting thing that she knows about Mistings is, one Misting, as they were called, was said to be a dangerous enough to kill an entire thieving team. Oh, yes, an entire thieving team. Well, that just goes to show... However many people that is. <laughs> true, true. Uh, well, we know there's a couple dozen guys around here, I think. Well, we think. We don't really... No. I think I think Kelsier said that last chapter actually that dozens of people were going to die something like that. So it's it sounds like these things are considered a pretty big now. Admittedly, this is only the rumors that she's heard, but yeah. So we've we've already got a pretty interesting sort of hierarchy of power here. You know, regular humans are nothing to Mistings, who are presumably basically nothing to Mistborns. Yeah, who are again at least barely even with Steel Inquisitors. Who are probably nothing to the Lord Ruler. Oh, well, they definitely are nothing to the Lord Ruler, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's more tiers, perhaps a, I like, don't know, a special gold Alamancer I'm trying to or something. think what the Lord Ruler can be. Is he just like a very, you know, experienced Mistborn? That's true. Now, well, given what we learn about Mistborns here, it seems like he's not just the previous Mistborn, because Mistborns are not as big of a deal. They're not like chosen ones. They're like one in every, what do you say, like one in every couple hundred thousand... Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a second, but uh, we get like we, we get a exchange. we get a, rep, a repetition of the whole obligators know how to recognize they're being manipulated. But this time, we get a more detailed description of the whole emotional manipulate thing. Even the high nobility are forbidden from pulling or pushing the emotions of an obligator. Oh, yeah. Speaking of high nobility, we kind of glossed over the whole fact that I was totally right about the whole scar or muggles thing. Oh, yeah. I was convinced that I was wrong about that, but. Apparently not, not, or at least not totally. Not every nobility is an Alamancer, but basically we, they're the same thing. I thought we both agreed that that was what was going on. Well, we did, but then it seemed like it was false. Really? When, I mean, oh, we, okay. all, we're seeing all these mistings among the Ska. That's what's been in my mind the whole time. I didn't I actually had, change I, mind. I had actually marked on the prediction sheet that it was false. Oh, my uh, because, well, we were, because we were told that the nobility are just the people that supported the Lord Ruler back in the day. Okay. Uh, but apparently... Well, people believe that that's the same thing. I'm wondering if it's actually more the case that anyone who had Alamantic power, the Lord Ruler just goes, oh yeah, I totally gave your ancestors that power because they supported me, even if that's just total nonsense. Yeah, he seems... We haven't met this guy, we don't think, but he seems like the type. <laughs> but anyway, so we learned the high nobility are forbidden from pushing or pulling the emotions of an obligator. And that's capital P pulling, capital P pushing, so... Those are the two, it sounds like the two... Terms. Yeah, the two powers uh, of mental manipulation. Yeah. Uh, which suggests, another thing that I, I thought I was wrong about was we had we had all these guesses about what metal Vin was mainly using uh, with her luck. Uh, and then 
Last chapter, it kind of seemed like the answer was it was Zink, because he uses mental powers on a Steel Inquisitor. But from the sound of this, it kind of it kind of sounds like maybe he was using the opposite power, pulling versus pushing. Um, so it may, it may well be that she wasn't using Zink after all. Yeah, sorry, I just had a thought. You know the way earlier we were saying, hopefully we'll get to go to uh, Terrace? Yeah. Yeah, so... We've got a whole map of Lutherdale. Yeah. Which would kind of imply that we're going to spend a huge portion of the book in Lutherdale, wouldn't it? It certainly seems likely. Because, I mean, we have this small, vague map of the Final Empire, and then we get this t two page map of Lutherdale. We don't have any other maps, so. That is true. I was, I was kind of hoping for a bit of yeah, well, exploration both, and adventure. But well, both our protagonists are from here. It seems likely that we're going to be spending some time here. Not necessarily the whole book or anything, but... Yeah. Well, look, we've got a lot of books to go for exploration and adventuring. If that's the type of thing that's going to be happening. You know, I was just kind of thinking, you know, because, like, Kelsier's kind of trying to ignite the rebellion. But we know he's back in Luthadel for a job, and I know... It's the mysterious job. The heist. I know this book's a heist book. Brandon Sanderson builds it as a heist book. Uh, yeah, well, that'll be interesting to hear. Maybe he's going to be trying to steal the source of the Lord Ruler's power or something like that. The One yeah. Ring. That's a good idea, the, the One Ring, ring heist book. Yeah. Really? I mean, it's not going to be literally yeah. the One Ring, but maybe it's... I have, I'm having this silly idea that it's like a ring of such a, a rare metal that it makes him really powerful, so he eats the ring. That gives him the power. <laughs> and, like, oh, no. and like it, it's like gold it's untarnishable so he can just clean it off and use it over and over again stop it bringing someone, that up it makes him unstoppable stop bringing that up <laughs> hey remember that uh that uh area in Luthadale we said it was probably like Lord Ruler's house or something because it looked like all the sigils combined rooms combined sure yeah well I just noticed that that place is called uh Frederick Shaw and then right next to it is the Canton of Orthodoxy Headquarters. Frederick Shaw. I don't remember. So if unless that's like the name of the Lord Ruler's estate. It might be. Near that we have Canton of uh, Resource Headquarters, Canton of Inquisition Headquarters, uh, the Canton of Finance. Just the one they were trying to scam. Yeah. is actually further away. So, I don't really know what's going on. Yes, Credit Shaw, the Hill of a Thousand Spires, is the Lord Ruler's Palace. Okay, yeah, okay, now, that's, that's fine then. Ooh, I just saw a huge spoiler when I searched for that. <laughs> Do not say it. I, I'll resist saying it. This is, that's why you don't <laughs> Google stuff you're reading books. Well, I, I searched it within the text of the book. What? Yeah, because it's an e-book. Oh. I feel dumb. <laughs> I'm reading a physical book. Ah, oh, the good old days when there wasn't. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you just gotta have that lovely book smell, don't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. You don't like smelling new books. It smells of glue. Man. You're smelling glue. You're literally sitting there. You can't see him. He's sitting there sniffing the book. Like yeah, because you're selling me. He's sniffing glue. glue. He's sitting over there, sitting the glue of the book. That's. I'm smelling the pages. The glue would be like at the binding, wouldn't it? Which has like a cover smell. <laughs> <laughs> there are separate smells. Well, there's 
bit, a bit of smell from the ink and so on as well, I like, suppose. You know, new book smell is a smell. You walk into a bookshop it's and most, you're like... It's, it's glue. It's the glue smell. There's a new book smell. <laughs> Uh, I'll admit I don't I don't get the the smell from my ebook, uh, so, but sorry. Living in this family, you've never ever heard any of us talk about that lovely new book smell. I've certainly come across the people talking about the smell of books, and I mean there is a bit of a smell if you sniff. That them. is a term, new book smell. It's a term. I just like the new car smell, I suppose. Um, yeah, new stuff smells. The new car sp- smell is just a spray that they put on the cars, by the way. There's that kind of like crisp, papery smell. Second-hand cars can have it, too, because they just money. put the same spray on it. Yeah, this is a really weird conversation. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Maybe we should get a little bit back on track. Yeah, we, um, keep, we keep complaining about how we're not getting to these info dumps, and then the second we start recording, we start talking about random stuff like <laughs> Yes, sniffing. yes, we're finally getting the good stuff, and we, we just got to talk about okay. what let's, the book smells like. Let's get into this conversation. Okay, so... Our next bit of info dumped on us is Inquisitors don't seem to follow the normal rules. Nobody knows, or at least Kelsey doesn't know, what their deal is. So. How did they survive with nails driven through their head? Which Kelsier specifically says should kill them. So I'm not sure if this is saying, yeah, look, I realize these don't fit into the magic system at all, but they're cool. Or what I'm hopeful is it's saying, yeah, I realize this is weird. We're going to draw attention to it, and, you know, it's being set up to be explained in some clever way. From the hype around Brandon Sanderson, I trust him to explain this. Yeah, look, they are cool. If you if you want to have... it, it doesn't. It's not overcomplicating the magic system that much to say, oh, and also, there's this magic that can make steel inquisitors. But it would be cooler if it ties in somehow. Yeah. I'm going to put my faith in Brandon Sanderson's league of trusting fans and... The hype around his world building and uh, magic systems, and I'm gonna put my faith in him that he will explain this, and it's gonna be cool and it's gonna tie in. It's not an official prediction, but I I trust him. A guy whose books I've never read in my <laughs> life. Yeah, and uh, af- after explaining this, Kelsier pulls out. Uh, he gets in a great, qu- a great quip. There'd be nothing, no need for me to sneak something into your drink. After all, you're going to drink this vial of mysterious liquid quite willingly. Uh, <laughs> she just looks at him like, what? And then she does this great thing where she's like, yeah, you drink some first. Uh, I mean, that's a reasonable requirement. Yeah. But she makes him shake it up so the vials of what she thinks, she just refers to them as sediment. We know specifically that they are like filings of. Yeah, well, Kelsier tells her that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and indeed, as as we had s- said was clearly going to be the case, I mean, I, I wouldn't even count this as a prediction, she's suddenly given immense power compared to what she previously yeah. had. She describes it as like a huge mound of luck. Yeah, well, not just luck, because this, this as Kelsey says, has two of the eight basic alimantic metals. And if you can control two, you can control them all. Yes, so... She's shown that she can dampen emotions, but can she inflame them too? And turns out, she can. Yep. So if you had any doubt that we might get stuck with some sort of side character as our one of our main protagonists, no. She's also a Mistborn. Honestly, mm-hmm. I almost would have liked it if she was just a Misting. Uh, like, that would have been fun, but I want... It, it allows Brandon Sanderson to kind of expand on this magic system 
if he just has Kelsier freaking explain it all. Well, he would have been he would be using the powers as well. I was I was down for having our our heroine has this one power that's her power, and then her mentor, who obviously is is more powerful, he's the he's the guy who's got all the powers, uh, and then you know maybe he dies or whatever. Um, yeah. I'm I'm quite happy. Like I was I knew it was gonna go this way. I knew Vin was a misborn. Yeah, well, it, to be fairness, it practically says on the back cover that she's a misborn. Yeah. In fact, it, it basically straight up says it, so she needs to control the power of a misborn. Uh, something like that. Uh, yeah, so the, the fact that she's never done this before is a little odd. Uh, to be fair, during the, the fight earlier, she did uh, use a surge of strength as well, so... Yeah. I guess Which, that was just her pooling all of her luck. We she keeps no no about... she she actually I believe had a, a brief surge of physical strength as well. No, I can just, I can go back and double check that. But she just stuns Cameron. She stuns Cameron, but also when she's wrestling with him, she does something. It's, it's it, she doesn't think of it as the same as her luck, but uh, she can't break free. I feel like if she had a surgery. Well, she doesn't exactly have that much in the way of reserves. Okay, I found the moment I was thinking of. So, right after she gets hit with a chair, she's on the ground, incapacitated by having been hit with a chair. Uh, and then, something within her, something she knew of but didn't understand, gave her strength. Her head stopped swimming, her pain becoming a focus. And she climbed she awkwardly to her, to her feet, yeah. Uh, and then, Kami just hits her again. So... I don't know how you remember this so much better than I do. <laughs> I read it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I read this like an hour before you did. Uh, yeah, this episode must make me seem really dumb. <laughs> uh, well, in fact, it's not totally clear that she was burning some metal there. That might just be sort of the metaphorical inner strength that she draws on. We know Vin is supposed to have a lot of willpower. She, she thinks of, of herself as having great pain tolerance and so on, yeah. Uh, so it, it could be that that's what it is, but... Probably not. When I read it, I thought, oh, okay, so she, that she's, she does have the other power. She just doesn't know that they're the same as her luck. Yeah, uh, and yet later on um, during the fight, uh, she clawed at Cameron's hand, but she suddenly felt weak. Her inner strength failing her, just as her luck had. Her pain suddenly seems greater, more daunting, more demanding. Uh, again, could be metaphorical, but it's drawing a pretty clear parallel there between the luck there and any, like, the inner strength. Medic mistings, like that. There's a power that just I know. Could be that there's some sort of medical. Um, this is an odd one. It, it almost sounds as if it was just like taking away the pain, which wouldn't be a, a great power. But yeah, if if power is healing, either personal or just in general, that that could certainly make sense. Yeah, it'd certainly be helpful to the plot if they had something like that. Uh, most most books with magic will have some sort of magical healing stuff. Yeah, it's it's a useful power. It's it's always struck me as a little odd that more superhero stories don't include that really. Yeah, which there are more superhero books. Yeah, I mean there there's published a, novels. There there are a few uh, superhero related things where they have healing abilities, but in general, there's a tendency for the heroes to just sort of not get injured. Or in fairness, a lot of superheroes have healing factors themselves. Well, Skullery Pleasant is. Very superheroy. It is magic, but yeah, Skullberg, all sorts of Skullberg stuff. Pleasant does a good, a good job of that. It, you You've know, got he can speckle grouse and his uh, leaves. Just, just leaves. Yeah, well, it, it allows you to have more intense action 
without having either your protagonist just magically be fine or be permanently injured and then die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, I really like the description of when Vin is using her power. She's like discovering it. Like, it's not just luck. It was luck and something else. Like two separate mounds. I'm a little confused by that though. So, really? I mean, obviously it's not going to be the exact equal amounts of metal in the food or whatever. Uh, but it, it seems a little odd that she can burn any metal and yet she's only ever noticed one. Well, we don't know what we, we don't know what luck saying, is. Which metal? But we were just saying you thought that maybe she was perhaps burning something else in that instance. True, but she's perhaps the whole time. Maybe that's why she feels so tough. That's true. That's true. Uh, but even then, that's only two. Yeah, I mean, how I don't know how many metals you can possibly be on a daily basis ingesting. Not just inhaling, well, ingesting. To, well, to varying amounts, I mean, there's all sorts of metals. Also, it's tricky because, again, the basic metals aren't the elements. So, like, if she eats an iron, iron-rich plant or something, is is that nutrient does that count as iron for aromatic purposes i don't know ah, Appara- apparently apparently metals dissolved in the water and so on do count but um sorry i'm flicking back to the correct point in the story uh yeah inquisitors don't follow normal rules two of the eight uh, aromatic metals and yeah so kelser explains that if you can use two powers you can use them all because Mistborn. Avatar rules, yeah. Um, but not quite Avatar rules. Um, many high noblemen only have access to a single alimatic skill. People like that, those who can only perform alimati, blah blah blah, so mistings. Here we go, yes, here, uh, we, get, we get some hard numbers. You can usually find one misting in, oh, about 10,000 mixed breed ska, uh, which doesn't... That little? Yeah, uh, the, the better and closer the noble ancestry, the more likely the ska is to be a misting. Um... Oh, okay, I thought it was, like, a bit more dramatic, but... Well, that's kind of, like... I mean, okay... Even among the nobility, even among the nobility, Alamazzi is modestly rare. That doesn't... We don't get uh, hard numbers on that. Uh, I was thinking that... Well, I suppose... Yeah, it, se- it seems as if high noblemen are more alamatically gifted, which is... One in every 10,000 mixed-breed scaff. To me, at first, when you think that, that's like, oh, that's not that. Like, that's a lot. One in every 10,000. But then, that's one in every 10,000 mixed breed ska. How many mixed breed ska are there going to be when they kill them all the time? Yes, but again, he, seem, he seems to be counting anyone with, with any degree of, of noble ancestry. And to be honest, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying he's wrong that anyone who manifests misborn powers has some noble ancestry, but it's not really clear how he could actually check that, so <laughs> you know, he's, he, this guy isn't out there doing surveys and checking people's genes to see. You don't know that. He has a whole rebellion crew. Yeah, possibly. I mean look, I, I mean any. it sounds to me like, you know, you can't know who has noble ancestry five generations back or something. Yeah. Um, so, we're, 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 this is one in 10,000 of Kelsier's sort of mental estimate of how many Ska are to some degree a mixed breed, well, even if it's only this a is, very small amount. This is Brandon Sanderson giving those rough numbers. 
Yeah, it's it's barely even that, honestly. But the the point, I suppose, is just because you're a mixed breed doesn't mean you're necessarily. Uh, I keep saying mixed breed. Is that even the term that they use? Half breed. No, he he does he does say mixed breed, but oh. I thought uh, he said half breed. It is kind of a weird term. Well, not uh, yeah. Weird. So, uh, but Vin's father was a particularly high noble, a high prelin in the steel ministry. Presumably not the guy that. that Oh, yeah. Wow. High priest people. Going around with, uh... Oh, how do they describe... How does Reen describe his mother? Oh, yeah. A whore, not out of choice, but in the underworld. So... More just terrible world. That's not that unlike our own world, I suppose, but... Still. That's corrupt. Like, high prelane... Yeah, so... Going around... That's it, not even, like, a lord. That's a priest. Yeah, well, look. I mean, at least he didn't have her killed. <sighs> if anything, that's that's unusually nice. Um, <sighs> and there's 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 more horribleness in, in uh, her backstory there. Her mother tried to kill her when she was young and stuff. Um, that's, that's why she was... That's probably why... Which actually kind of makes it sound like her mother didn't die. She just ran off with, with Reen, which... So she might return. Yeah. Let me... Well, and ran we, off I, at a separate time to Reen. Um, because we know Reen took Vin in and they were going around for ages. Yeah. He, she says... Uh, she was, maybe, he, she, her mother tried to kill her once when she was very young. She vaguely remembered the event. Reen had saved her. I'm not sure if he just saved her... And then at some point later they ran away, or if like he returned, saved her, and that's when they ran away. Yeah, kind of, like it's entirely possible that high prelaying guy was like, "Okay, I'll spare you, but you'll have to kill the child if there's a child." And I suppose then, that's true, actually. Yeah. And then you know, after a while, we don't know how good Vin's memory is. So people remember. Uh, yeah. Different oh, time period. It's worth noting, but... Reen said that our mother was a whore. So, Vin doesn't actually remember her mother that well. Um, yeah. But, it's, it's interesting. She uses past tense for the mother, but he is a high prelin in the steel ministry. So, mm. she, it, whether or Could not the mother Ariad. is still alive, it seems like she's, she thinks if her father is still around. Could be Ariad, for all we know. It could be. It's probably not. But, could be Ariad. As far as, you know, possibilities go. We don't even know, like, numbers. Like, we don't know. There could be hundreds of high prelanes. There could be thousands. There could be only dozens. That's true. We don't have a great grasp on that yet. Speaking of uh, vague numbers, you, Vin, are what is generally called a misborn. Even amongst the nobility, they're incredibly rare. Among Ska, well, let's just say I've only met one other Ska misborn in my entire life. So, so yeah, they're incredibly rare, but not so rare that he hasn't met another Ska misborn. Yeah, he's not just so not so just a chosen one. Minimum three. Yeah, well, I mean, he might not still be alive, but yeah. Yeah. The way the way. Um, the ministry sounds, you know, the ministry caught up with them is how Doxon describes uh, people's deaths, Listing's deaths. Yeah, but the, but interestingly, man, I wonder if Steel Inquisitors are misborn. That would explain a lot, actually. That'd be awful. 
Although they, haven't, although they haven't particularly show, shown off any uh, hyper senses as such. I mean, they can sense alamancy, but what if that they can't like sense people whispering like, in the corner. Like they find Mistborns and then they turn them into their army. Yeah, it could be. That's kind of a disgusting thought. Can you put that down the prediction list? Sure. Um, I like that idea. It's horrible, but I like the idea. Uh, specifically, that it's a punishment. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about how horrible that is. Like, what if they can feel that they have nails driven through their eyes? I mean, through their skulls. To their yeah, to their entire heads, to their brains probably. They're not dead, but they can feel that. Well, if it's not going through their brains, it's a very funny shaped nail. Well, it's like a spike. It could be like a curved. That wouldn't make any sense. I guess it's possible. How how much space is there in your skull? Not a lot, but we don't know how thick the bit that protrudes. I mean, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was theorizing on our theories. And look, it's still coming out of the back of your skull. Ow. And going in through your eyes. You don't have eyes anymore because your eyes have been pulverized Actually, by spikes. That's a point. So they don't have eyes, and yet they still function as if they have some sort of enhanced senses, perhaps. Misborns. Yeah. Um, and as we learn, Mistborn are even less rare among the nobility. Now, they're not common, but there are still a bunch of other Mistborn running around who are just nobles. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for some, some, some fight scenes later on, where we're getting cool Mistborn fight scenes. Yeah, like uh, it would have made you one of the most deadly and influential people in all of the final empire. So it is a big deal, but and then he says, "But because you're not a noble, it makes you even more dangerous." Yeah, I'm not sure that's literally true, but <laughs> I like the line though. Yeah. Well, Still. I mean, it makes sense. You know, they don't know about you, so they can't control you. I guess. Oh, I just realized that's, like, the last line. Yep, that's the end of the chapter. Wow, okay. <laughs> so we've, we've certainly learned a lot Quite of interesting lot. things. Yeah, our heroes are... Even though we got to sh show off this incredible uh, power gap between Mistborns and regular humans, we're still learning that our heroes are kind of the underdog. Yeah. The underdog of underdogs. Possibly of underdogs. Yeah, I mean, they're... There are layers of underdogs in this guy. Yeah, they're just they're just too misborn, and misborn seemingly are way below steel inquisitors. Well, I'm not sure if they're way below steel inquisitors, but certainly fighting a steel inquisitor is, is considered extremely dangerous for a it's misborn. It's at least as dangerous as fighting someone on part of you. Yeah, which is worrying because like, I don't we don't know how many steel inquisitors are. They they seem to be kind of more like a almost mythy like people know about them and they see them occasionally but they're like not that they're not an everyday sight for sure and they're scary I feel like the less you know about something the scarier it is so yeah I'm I'm literally just searching for the word steel here to to see what what we've learned about them so far um for, for example here we get uh the obligator saying to trusting if there had been any real worries about your actions a steel inquisitor would have been sent here in my place inquisitor he'd never seen one of the inhuman creatures but he had heard stories so yeah they're not common 
That's yeah. for sure. Also, does that kind of suggest... We, I've already said earlier that that kind of suggests that they can talk. That they can function. Yeah, I think they can talk. Yeah. Um, These things sound scary. It didn't scare me on first description, but the more we're kind of theorizing about them, it's kind of the more cool and scary they sound. Yeah. I'm... I'm, I'm liking this already. It is a little confusing that we've got the Steel Inquisitors and the Steel Ministry, which aren't the same thing. Yeah, but they're part of the Steel Ministry, aren't they? They are, yeah. And I suppose it must be named after them. Oh, yeah. It's the Ministry of Steel Inquisitors. Not really, but kind of. I guess? I mean, it's, it's hard to know. There are 40 chapters, so we're, what, a tenth? Not even a tenth of the way through the book. Well, we're four chapters in, so... Yeah, we're yeah, a tenth of the way through. It's chapter three, <laughs> but this is the prologue as well. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Maths. My strong point. <laughs> so, that's kind of everything. Yeah, I guess that's about time to wrap up, unless you have any final predictions to throw in? No, I think I've made probably the most in this chapter than I have in anything else. i made, what, three predictions? Yeah, yeah. Um, it does seem like you've been writing down some of my random comments that you've thought of more as predictions than I have, but whatever. I wonder if I should have put down my prediction about the whole One Ring business. That Don't put that down. That's dumb. If that's, if that's true, I'll actually pay you. That is, It's, it's that dumb to Oh, me. well, now I have to write it down. Okay, write that down. If he is literally ingesting a ring over and over, the same ring... I will pay you well, a it, tenner. It, it's possible that it's not ring-shaped. It might be some hey, other hey, piece hey, of jewelry. Hey, don't go back on this. <laughs> You're going to have to write down that exact thing, and I will pay you a tenner if that's right, because it's that stupid-sounding. Sorry, Brandon Sanderson, if you actually did that and you're somehow <laughs> listening. I don't think you have time for this, but if you are, no offense. Fries him up with a bunch of onions, makes himself some onion rings, and then one of them that's, is no, the one stop, ring. stop, stop. <laughs> We have a Twitter page, right? We do, yes. So we can finally say, follow us on Twitter. Indeed we can. At podyoungadult. Well, there wasn't room to have podcasts. <laughs> so it's like, most people like to say, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. Uh, just, just follow us on Twitter. We've got to go. Yes, well, you can also email us, I suppose. Yes. Uh, the email address is podcastyoungadult at gmail.com. So feel free to send us any sort of uh, comments or anything. We, let's be honest, we're pretty small at this point. If but you send us anything in whatsoever, we'll probably read it on air. No spoilers. Don't be trolling yes, us. No here. spoilers, please. Okay, we don't. Adult over here is already spoiling himself on random stuff, which I find hilarious because I I have a feeling that in the very first episode, he called me out for not being able to use technology, and yet him using technology all the time has only led to him spoiling himself. So feeling pretty good about that yeah i'm afraid i learned whether one of uh our predictions from earlier was the case or not it's probably one of your predictions it was probably wrong <laughs> it's probably why you were so depressed about it right so so follow us on twitter feel free to comment i don't know i don't know how twitter works yeah yeah uh, you can honest. also review us on various uh, podcast apps and that sort of thing. Any reviews, I think, help them. It helps boost 
sort of automatic recommendations of us. Yeah. And again, uh, we'll see any reviews you post and probably read them out live on air. Uh, we'll be probably. really thankful. Yeah, for the the good few of you who listen and who pushed on past the first episode. Yep, all, all dozen or so of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure in the future we'll have hundreds of thousands of people listening to like, oh, they only had a dozen back then. Yeah, that's... <laughs> So, thanks for listening, and be sure to have read Chapter 4 before tuning in to the next episode. Goodbye.